I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my Thoughts on Money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the Thoughts on Money podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. I've got good news and bad news. Start with the bad news. It's only me today. And then the good news, it's only me today. Uh, Mr. Sean Latimer is out golfing, so I will be doing this podcast solo. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, The first one was titled Hodgepodge and Potpourri, and this is part two. Where did that name come from? My family, growing up, we loved playing Jeopardy. Uh, So this was my excuse to basically take uh, a few financial curiosities, as I would call them, and kind of smush them into one article. Uh, You can go back and read the first article or listen to the first podcast to see the uh, other categories we talked about. But today, we're going to talk about two Topics that I titled, Tough as Buff and Not So Fast, Tina. Tough as Buff, if I went out to 100 people right now on the streets of Newport Beach, and I tapped them on the shoulder and I said, hey, who is the best investor of all time? What do you think that they would say? I'll give you a second. My guess is most of them would say Warren Buffett. Why? Um, Well, Warren Buffett has a very amazing track record. Um, he has a, a very unique personality, right? He's that grandpa from the Midwest uh, that how could you hate him? Uh, but he's also been doing it for a really long time. When he publishes his new annual newsletters to his clients, he lists um, something like, what does it go back to 1965 of annual performance? Over that time period, uh, he's returned somewhere in the range of 20% for his investors, uh, while the market's done somewhere in the range of 10%. It's a big difference, right? Double the performance. So one of the questions we have to ask ourselves, how in the world does he do it? And uh, what makes him one of the greatest investors of all time? I'm going to borrow a quote from him. He would say, and he has said many times, that a great investor isn't made up of somebody with a high IQ but with somebody with a really strong temperament. Hmm, that's interesting. What does it mean? Here's how I would translate it. As an investor, you don't have to be the smartest guy or gal in the room, but what you do have to be is tough. Uh, And whether that is uh, probably in this case mental toughness, you have to be able to endure really difficult markets. And I would say to have long-term success you probably have to have a foundational philosophy and a conviction that you can stick with throughout the good times and the bad times. For Mr. Warren Buffett, there have been seasons and, and, and years where he has not done as well as the market. I highlighted in 1999 the difference between uh, the market performance and, and his portfolio he manages for his clients was something like a 40% difference. Most people, when they experience something like that, they feel some level of embarrassment and they get some level of being like self-conscious and questioning themselves to whether if what they're doing makes sense. And I've seen a lot of that attitude lately. 2022 has been difficult for DIY investors because things haven't looked and felt like they have for the last decade. There's been some level of comfort and ease to investing, and now things feel like they're starting to get difficult. So you see a lot of DIY investors kind of scratching their head and saying, man, do I have this wrong? 
what's the difference between that investor asking that question and Mr. Warren Buffett? Mr. Warren Buffett doesn't think he has it wrong. Uh, he feels very settled in his beliefs, his philosophy, his approach, and his convictions. To be tough as buff, you have to, whether, and maybe you can say it this way, actually, this is probably a little bit better way to say it. He doesn't let his environment impact his beliefs. And let me say that again. He doesn't let his environment impact his beliefs. That might sound simple, might roll off the tongue. Uh, you might hear that and say, hey, that, that sounds pretty easy. That is not true for most of us. Most of us, our circumstances will begin to drive our beliefs and how we approach things. So when you look at markets like the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 that, you know, at, at some point this year, we're, we're down near 28% for the NASDAQ and down near 18% uh, for the S&P 500, that ruffles people's feathers. For somebody like Warren Buffett, if you're going to be tough as buff, he says that's what markets do. Uh, and, and what he's doing is he is assessing companies to look at the profits that they make and find out is this a reasonable price to pay for the stock or to buy the company based on the profits that they generate. If his conclusion is that it's reasonable, he's agnostic to uh, what the financial media thinks. Uh, what uh, you know, your opinion is or my opinion, he doesn't care what we think. Uh, he is working for his investors um, and managing his own wealth. Again, that conceptually sounds easy, but it is really difficult. For a lot of us, we will compare ourselves to our neighbors. We will get this feeling of imposter syndrome. Uh, we will question the way that we approach things. We will feel like in the short term, when things aren't going our way, that we have to pivot. Now, what does this all mean to you as an investor? Again, I just think it's very easy to remember tough as buff, right? So you kind of have to, actually here, I'll throw this in. Uh, my, my two boys at home, they love watching Disney movies. And uh, I don't know if this is normal for all kids, but my kids sometimes will start to get obsessed with a particular movie and, you know, they might watch that same movie two or three times a week. Right now, that movie's Luca. Uh, these two young boys that are also sea monsters, again, watch the movie. I know it sounds weird. Um, but I remember in the movie, one of the little boys is trying to convince the other to kind of go down his bike on this really steep hill. And he says, no, no, I'm, I'm afraid. And he's like, it's Bruno that's telling you that. And the kid's like, what? Who's Bruno? He's like, it's that little voice inside you that tells you to be scared. He's like, you got to get on the bike and just say, silencio, Bruno. And that's what I'm hoping to give you with this tough as buff is that you have to uh, white knuckled, gripped, kind of tell yourself you got to be tough as buff. If you've worked with your financial professional and you guys have decided uh, in a financial plan that matches your objectives and that financial plan drove the creation and design of a portfolio and throughout the whole process, um, the approach was logical and sensible, you are going to have to endure in that financial plan and you are going to have to be tough as buff. Now, it's easy when we look at a shareholder letter from Mr. Warren Buffett where he gives you, on the very first page, he gives you that track record of you know however many years that is, the, the 55 or 56 plus years that he's been doing this, that builds a, a, a lot of... Um, 
I guess it builds hope, right? Because if, if, if the past experience has felt like this, it gives people the feeling that the future is going to be like that too. Now, for most of us, we're not going to have a 56-year track record. So we are going to have to, again, uh, go back to the drawing board, look at, hey, how was this plan created? Same thing I said earlier. Was it logical? Was it sensible? Uh, and did it make sense for my financial plan? Then you have to cancel out the noise. You have to kind of look at the long-term objective, silence the things around you. Now, that silencing process, sometimes you'll be silencing the jealousy and greed that you see your next-door neighbor, uh, whether it's with cryptocurrency or something, uh, making some quick and easy wealth uh, that kind of distracts you. Sometimes it'll be fear. Um, again, you see a, a statement come in in the mail that looks a lot less than a statement you'd gotten in the past, and it kind of makes you shake in your boots a little bit and kind of change your plan. There, I, I could tell you countless times where there was headline news or even sometimes covers of a magazine where there's the smiling face of the Oracle of Omaha, and uh, you know it says, has this man lost his touch? It's happened so many times. Warren Buffett doesn't care. And uh, you go look at the results for his portfolio in a year like 2022, when a lot of investors are having trouble, you understand why does he have convictions? Why does he have patience? Uh, Or what I love, what the Bible calls it, patience is long suffering. um, Because he believes that his approach is logical and sensible. So that is the first part of a hodgepodge article. And you know, if it's a hodgepodge article, let me say it again, if it is a hodgepodge article, um, the second part is a non sequitur. It has nothing to do with Mr. Warren Buffett. Uh, the next section I titled, uh, Not So Fast, Tina, and I'm not talking about Tina Turner. Uh, there is this adage in the world of personal finance uh, that's used very often in these days, and it's Tina, T-I-N-A. It stands for There Is No Alternative. What somebody means when they say that is they say, hey, when my grandparents retired, they could hold a whole lot of government treasuries or certificates of deposit that paid a very attractive interest rate. And that interest rate would be sufficient to create income into retirement. And you didn't have to own much risk assets. Tina, there is no alternative. In an environment where interest rates are extremely low, for some investors, it feels like there's no alternative but owning more stocks. Publicly traded stocks tend to be growing across America in people's portfolios. Why? Because they have financial plans that have expected rates of return. So let's say you created a financial plan. Let's say you plugged into that financial plan that you wanted a 5 or 6% rate of return. You can't go out and uh, own a large sum of government treasuries that pay 2 or 2.5% two and hit that 5 or 6% target. So then what do you have to do? You have to change the dynamic of your portfolio in order to meet that objective, or you have to work longer, spend less, or save more. For most people, they don't like those options. So they really want to try to figure out how to generate a, a larger return. What I'm talking about in this article is that if you go to Finance 101, and the first day you walk into class... I hope the first subject that you study in personal finance from the investing perspective is diversification. Uh, One famous investor said diversification is the only free lunch. 
So the problem that I have is that if historically investors had, I don't know, retirees historically had 60% of their money in stocks and 40% of their money in bonds, and now because of Tina, they feel like that shift, they have to shave off some of those bond allocation to buy more stocks. I think you're breaking that rule of diversification. Now, what I'm not saying, I understand that you need to hit, again, for this hypothetical, fictitious financial plan we, we just talked about, that 5 or 6% rate of return. My encouragement would be there is an alternative. And it's actually easy to remember because we call them alternatives. You can go into spaces outside of the stock market and seek expected rates of return that match the objectives of your financial plan without having to pile into more stocks. Now, this isn't an article on what the different alternatives out there are. We talked about it before. But to just keep it categorically simple, right, you could go into private type investments, you know, private stocks we call private equity, private bonds, sometimes we'll call private debt or private lending, um, or private real estate investments. That's that's one type of alternative, right? Going into the private space uh, of the investments you're familiar with. Uh, another type are, are hedging strategies, right? You could look at hedge funds. Uh, there's strategies that use commodities or derivatives. Or This article in, in this podcast is not meant to make a recommendation on what alternatives you should own. What I'm trying to fight against is that if this Tina mantra is uh, causing people to stack up a higher allocation of stocks in their portfolio, I'm just saying be careful. Again, if that 101 class says diversification is that free lunch and it should be a huge part of your financial plan and you're finding yourself going from 60% stocks to 70 to 80 to 90, right? Again, it depends on your objectives, your financial plan, what you've worked on with your professional. But if you're feeling forced to do that, to meet the target of your financial plan, my encouragement is to grab the, the, the grocery cart and go down that aisle of alternatives and see, are there other investments that don't correlate directly to the stock market that could also meet the objectives of your financial plan? And it's really that simple. Um, I don't want to stretch this podcast just for the fact of making it longer. But uh, again, that Tina mantra uh, is causing investors to stack up more in stocks and shrink their bond portfolios. And I think it would be uh, worth their time to slow down, sit down with their financial professional, and see are there appropriate alternatives that should be fit into their portfolio. And again, I really don't have much more to share than that one person, shorter podcast than normal. But again, we will uh, recap my advice. You got to be tough as buff. And if you want to remember what that means, Mr. Warren Buffett does not care what you or I or the cover of some financial magazine think about his approach to investing. He has figured out what he believes to be logical and sensible and to match his objectives and uh, he keeps his eyes on the prize. You and I got to do the same thing. And again, I work in this profession, and I personally know how difficult that is. I personally know how fear and greed can distract us from the plan we have. Second part, we talked about Tina, no alternative. My encouragement there, my advice there, meet with your financial professional this week. Go over the alternatives that you own, 
easiest question for you to remember and ask, why do I own this? So you should always ask, if you're adding something to the portfolio, why? The answer to that why question needs to be in strong alignment with what your objective of your financial plan is. You have to take into consideration the tax consequences, the illiquidity, your withdrawal plans, your distributions, everything has to coincide. So if it's my own money for my family and I'm adding a new investment, that little puzzle piece has to fit into the picture of my financial plan, my mosaic, uh, for it to make sense. I've seen a lot of people make sense, uh, make mistakes in the world of alternatives. They say, you know, I own an alternative. This is exactly what I needed to do. But again, a, 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 a very wide varying space of what those financial investments can do and your uh, addition to a portfolio should be all objective dri- driven. The last part of the article, I thank you uh, for allowing me to kind of put together a hodgepodge of financial topics so that I could kind of express my own financial curiosities. Uh, Next week, we'll be back in line with uh, more of our one-topic discussions. What I would appreciate is that if you email me at tom, T-O-M, at thebondsgroup.com, and let me know topics you would be interested in us talking about on this podcast or interested in writing about in the article, Uh, this is for the readers and listeners. Yes, I, as the writer, get a lot out of it um, as I get to kind of uh, craft and develop my thoughts and try as much as I can to, to provide clarity. Um, but really, it's uh, it's the listener and the reader uh, is the reason that I'm doing this. So any and all feedback would be welcome. Um, I ask you last, if you'd rate the podcast, five stars are preferred. Comments are welcome there. And then uh, hopefully I'll be back next week with my friend Sean Latimer, where we'll be sharing more of our thoughts on money. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.